You're listening to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Hey, is your agency accredited? Should it be? What are the advantages of being accredited? Well, today I'm speaking with Major Steve Runge. He's the Assistant Chief of Police at the Berkeley Police Department in Berkeley, Missouri. He served as the Kalia Accreditation Manager for six years. He's also a 31-year law enforcement veteran, certified post instructor, and member of the St. Louis area major case squad as a homicide investigator. He has an MBA from Lindenwood University. Welcome, Major Steve Runge. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Jim. It's great to have you. So for those unfamiliar with CALEA, the Commission on Accreditation for Law Enforcement Agencies, what what exactly does CALEA do for an agency? So CALEA, it's really simple. uh, I, I refer to it as the cookbook for law enforcement. It's the directions on how to start an agency, run an agency, maintain an agency, everything from hiring, onboarding, um, use of force, property management, building uh, safety, uh, discipline, grievances. I mean, everything that most departments already do, Kalia has condensed it into a guide. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a tool to make sure departments that are Kalia accredited are up to date with the best, the most recent standards, like how everything with uh, Mr. Floyd has affected law enforcement with the chokeholds, pursuits, use of force. So they gather the best practices that are used across the nation and they put those into play with departments. I see. That's great. So, so for the smaller department, the smaller agency. So if we look at the national statistics, half of the agencies in America are small agencies. Some, uh, you know, a, a high percentage of those under 30 sworn. So what's the difference? What are the challenges, say, for a smaller department? The only challenge for a smaller department, and, and it's really not a challenge, it's almost a break. It's e- actually easier for a smaller department because you don't have so many divisions that you have to apply these standards to. So as an example, a smaller department might not have an, a, a division that handles vice and gangs. Uh, so you, you would just, those standards that apply to vice, uh, organized crime, they wouldn't apply to you. So you wouldn't have to worry about that. So it's actually easier for a smaller department if you don't have a jail, if you don't have a holding facility, if you don't have a dispatch, uh, it actually makes it easier for you. Okay, so then conversely, for a large agency, bigger issues. Right. So a large agency uh, from cover to cover, you, if, if you have all of the elements and within those standards for Kalia, uh, you're required to follow each one. And a large department brings a lot of challenges. You know, for a new large department to come on board with Kalia, it's a matter of teaching old dogs new tricks. And that's one thing, but then you got to keep those dogs on that, on that line. And it's a, uh, it's a constant supervision. It's almost harder to keep the, the officers, especially the old command uh, in line with those expectations and standards because they're used to doing it the old fashioned way. So as a Kalia manager with a larger agency, it's all about teamwork. 
networking with your commanders across your divisions and really making sure everybody's on the same page. And then you have to, it's, it's constant meetings. It's constant meetings because if you have a weak link, uh, say you have a weak link with pursuit reporting or use of force, there's a lot of documentation that has to accompany each file. And if you have a weak link in that uh, chain, it could be a sergeant, it could be the lieutenant approving the reports, it could be the, uh, the captain that's filing everything. You gotta, you gotta sniff that out in a hurry. And it's not a disciplinary process, it's a learning process and a coaching process. That's really the hardest part is making sure your command, your supervisors, everybody's on the same page because your rank and file officers pretty much are gonna do what they're told. And a lot of these guys are newer, I would say. A lot of, lot of new blood out there in uniform. So they're gonna do what they're told. The back, the back of the house, if you will, is where a lot of the, the, the work is done. The reporting, the records maintenance, making sure the everything is taken care of. Because at the end of the day, you're gonna audit your files. And not only are you gonna audit your departments, you're gonna have outside police departments come in and take a look at you. So you can't dance around it. You either have the stuff where it belongs or you don't. So it's, it's a challenge for a bigger department. It's, it's more of a challenge for a large agency than a small agency. Yeah, I mean, you bring up very good points. And one of them, I would, I mean, I think back to my agency was 1800 sworn. And uh, when we made a conversion in the 90s from a wheel gun, from a six shooter to right. a semi-auto, I mean, we had probably a really, you know, curmudgeonly 10% that just did not want to switch over. Right, and, right, right. You know, would not give up that six shooter. And uh, so what happens when Kalia goes in and, and you say, hey, you guys are you guys were supposed to be converted a year ago and you still have a percentage of people uh, not up to snuff. What do you what do you do? Do you do you send them a written? No, what? it's not an option. So first, that's not an option. It is not an option. If you want to fly the Kalia flag, you're going to you're going to conform with Kalia standards. Um, there are some things where departments just screw up. I mean, we screw up. We all screw up from time to time. So what Kalia will do when you have an issue like that, you know, you just don't have the buy-in. Maybe you don't have the money to make the change. Uh, Kalia will work with you. And maybe it's a, a coaching process. Maybe it's a mentoring process. Maybe it's a budgeting process. Kalia will, will work with you. They'll partner you with an agency. Well, we understand your problem, but check this out. Uh, LAPD had the same thing, and this is what they did to work through it. So Kalia will help you work through it. If, uh, if they come on site and you're, you're supposed to have, uh, everybody's supposed to have a red ink pen and they all got blue ink pens, they're not gonna take your birthday away. They're gonna work with you to address the issue to make sure you get on the right track. That's the goal is to make sure you comply with their standards. Nobody's perfect, we all screw up. Um, if you get an instance, perfect example, right here in Berkeley, Missouri. Uh, one, and you, I'm sure you remember this uh, from your days commanding patrol. One of the most arduous tasks is the old vehicle inventory inspection. I'm sure everybody would agree that's probably the most mundane, probably the most pencil whipped uh, part of our job that you'll see. And I get it, and we all get it. So we had an incident here where the guys, uh, we had we did an inventory and we're missing a bunch of first aid kits. So the chief just bought them. 
And I hate, I said, hey, chief, we got to replace these first aid kits. He goes, I ain't replace them. I just bought the darn things. They can find them. <laughs> All right. So I go to patrol and I say, hey, guys, you got to find these first aid kits, man. The chief is going to kill me. Well, they can't find them. Well, I would love to tell the chief, you're the boss. You get your way. We're just going to suffer, right? Back in the old days, that would be the case. But now with Kalia, I'm like, chief, I understand you're mad. We got a broken process out there. We're going to work on that process. But like it or not, we need these first aid kits and they got to go into cars and we will we'll deal with wherever the breakdown is later. So with if you want to fly that Kalia flag, you have to meet their expectations. And if you're not, you got to you got to figure out a path to, to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the buck's got to stop somewhere. Right. 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 Okay, so so you've got a group of experts, people with background, and you go out and you do an organizational assessment. Where do these people come from? You know, it's really neat. And that's one of the neat things about Kalia is they come from everywhere. Um, and you really, the networking is really amazing. So there are, uh, to explain the assessment process, you first, you, let's say you, you're accredited or you're trying to get accredited. The first thing you'll do is meet with your peers in your area. So you might reach out to a county, a couple counties away, maybe you know a sergeant with a neighboring police department, and you'll gather a team of three or four people that are Kalia managers, and you open up your files and you say, hey, take a look. It's all online, it's all you do it from home. Mm -hmm. So they look at your files, make sure you're on the right track. And then they'll every each one of them you divide it up because there's a lot. So each one of them will give you feedback. Hey man, you need uh you need this here, this there, this looks good. So that's the initial. And then you'll send it out to Kalia. So then Kalia will have a uh, offsite assessment team. So you get your practice run with your local friends. Then your offsite team will consist of Kalia managers uh, that are hired by Kalia to do an offsite assessment. Usually two guys for the initial, maybe three for a reaccreditation, three or four. So they will open up your software. You give them access to your program and they go into your software and they go through it with a fine tooth comb. Then they will give you feedback. Hey, let's, you know, the standard asks for this. We think that's what you're giving us, but we're not sure. So let's provide some clarification. Or they might come back and say, man, we are just not on the same page. Let's get on the same page. Or they'll say, man, you're good to go. After that is done and you button up anything that they found, then they send a team from anywhere, it could be from San Francisco. We had a team from Colorado uh, come into our place. So one guy was from uh, Aurora, Colorado. The other one was from South Charleston. And uh, they came in, they tore us apart, man. And they go through your files, they interview your officers, they look at your rules, regulations, procedures, the building, everything. It's, a, it's quite the exam. And you know, if they have issues, you have to fix them on site or, or demonstrate a path that you're going to use to get everything squared away. It's a lot. Yes. No, I mean, it sounds like a benefit to the agency, but, oh, absolutely. but it also sounds like it can be nerve wracking for the, the command staff saying, crap, I hope we got our, our stuff together. Right. So right. what is the, what's the allure? What is the benefit of, of having a Kalia audit? The benefit of the audit is uh, one of the magical moments in the Kalia process is they set they set the train on the track and they say you know come on board if you're going to come on board you got to do this this and that yeah but the agency 
you, you, you develop your policy and your guidelines to stay within those standards, to stay on the, the, the train rail. So you kind of set yourself up to either succeed or fail. So through the, it's kind of confusing. So through the CALEA standard, you know, as an example, the CALEA standard might say, when you hire somebody, you have to do a background check. Simple enough. Everybody does background checks. Well, if you're a CALEA agency, you do. So the CALEA standard doesn't define the depth of your background check. Mm. Okay. You could, you, so you set up your own, hey, we're doing a background check. So as part of our process and our background check, we're going to go to your mom's house. We're going to go to your uncle's house. We're going to talk to your teacher. We're going to do, you know, record checks, so on and so forth. So Kalia says you got to do a background check. You define the depth of that check. And it's really in any process. Um, you can make the background check as deep as you want to go. The only thing is you're going to put it in writing. You've got to put whatever you're going to do in writing. So Kalia is going to show up and say, let me see your general order on background checks. And if you've got three things, I'm going to go talk to Uncle Joe. I'm going to talk to your last employer. And I want to see if you ever, if you've got a problem drinking. If you have those three things on there, Kalia is going to expect you to show. We just hired Billy. Here's his uncle's name. This is what he had to say. This is his last so on and so forth. If you decide as a department, we want to go deep. I mean, we want to go back to, to we want to talk to the doctor brought you into this world. You can do that. So Kalia says, hey, man, you got to do a background check. You define how deep you want to go, got it. but you got to live up to your expectations. So that's where Kalia comes in, and that's where agencies kind of get themselves in a pickle by going too deep. Uh, but more often than not, by the time they get to the accreditation process and an agency is going to come and take a look at their files, they'll hone them back down and say, you know what? Yeah, you want to hire uh, somebody that walks on water? Good luck with that. Let's get you back into the middle. And in contrast, if your standards aren't high enough, we'll say, hey, you know what? This is what everybody else is doing. Would you consider something like that? So yeah. that's a pretty good way to look at it. Yeah. So institutional standards and, right. and what the and what post says for your, your learning right. domains and your academy and things like that. Right. So it sounds like for a chief, it it lets them sleep at night because they know they're up to the industry standards and things right. are running the way they should. Yeah. I, I talked to uh, John F. Clark from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children uh, mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. And um, I talked about how when I took over as captain of our juvenile division, I went to the to the shelf, you know, my first day and looked at all the binders and it, it had kidnapping protocols. And I I opened the binder and there were like four pages in there and I went, holy smokes, you know, I didn't sleep for a week. Right, right. Yeah. Until I went and, and then looked through IACP and PERF and the, and I actually went to the NCMEC for training. But okay. yeah, I mean, you can see where, you know, you don't know, there's that saying, you don't know what you don't know, right? right. Until it creeps up on you and then it's the problem. So right, right. sounds like Kalia can head that feeling off. Well, I'll be honest with you. It really, really does. It really does. I mean, I know when we hire somebody, they've been vetted to, to our expectation. I know when, uh, if, a, if an officer jumps a car and I hear these words, he's fleeing, I, within a second, I'll hear, hear a supervisor say, are you in pursuit? And the officer will say yes or no. And if so, why? And then you'll hear nine times out of 10, terminate. Right. So I, you know, it's really kind of funny. It's uh, 
It's like it's like Groundhog Day. You know, he's fleeing. Are you in pursuit? No. They they get a little bummed out. But uh, no, and then you'll hear you hear the sergeant will terminate. Right. Yeah. So it's it's uh, I feel better that way. You know, the use of force. Uh, I love the use of force policy. Really, uh, it really uh, guides us well. I mean, we're in a we're in an urban area and we're we're busy. We're in a busy area, so we have a we've got uh, we've got a lot of occasions where use of force. So what we do with use of force is we do an annual. We got to do an annual analysis of a lot of things. And so I will take our uh, use of force reports and I just tear them apart by the time of day, day of the week, mm. the age of the officer, age of the suspect, the race, was it a guy or a girl? And uh, what kind of force was it? When did the force begin? And uh, so I'm looking at our stuff and I say, no, I don't think it's the wrong way, but I, I, you know, we had an officer break his shoulder wrestling with a guy. And I said, why didn't you tase him? Nobody asked him that. Why didn't you tase him? You know, I, I don't like our, we provide pepper spray. We provide tasers. Uh, when we put our hands on people, we're also within their grasp. And that concerns me. You know, uh, let's, why are we, why aren't we tasing? Not that I'm taser happy, yeah. but when you have a use of force involving a subject violently resisting, we've got tools to use. So I'll review the annual reports and I'll come back to the patrol division and say, what can we do better? Is it a training matter? You know, maybe some guys are just heavy handed. Maybe some guys, you know, their, their mouth runs a little too long. We're not de-escalating. So mm. uh, we can look at the uses of force. We have to do the analysis. It's a CALEA standard. We do the analysis and the, the chips fall where they fall. And we try to make adjustments uh, to make ourselves a better department. Awesome. Hey, I'd like to take a quick second to acknowledge our sponsor. and We'll be right back. PoliceOne.com is the number one resource for your up-to-the-minute law enforcement news, training, and incident analysis. Our mission is to provide you with the information you need to better protect your communities and your safety. Becoming a Police One member is quick, easy, and free. Once registered, you will receive access to secure law enforcement-only training and video tips, articles and sections, and a subscription to our award-winning law enforcement newsletters. Go to policeone.com forward slash registration to sign up today. That's policeone, the number one.com forward slash registration. And we're back and I'm speaking with Major Steve Rungi about CALEA, the Commission on Accreditation for Law Enforcement Agencies. So sounds like there's some good reasons to get the CALEA accreditation and get your department policies up to snuff, get your general orders in order, make sure your lieutenants and sergeants are true believers and spreading the word. So spreading all that sounds, <laughs> say that? I said spreading the love. Spreading the love, right. So have any changes um, come about because of COVID? I mean, do you have problems getting your people directly to an agency, going face-to-face -face for some of these audits? Well, yeah, it's a different world now. So uh, as an example, we would have an annual conference uh, where everybody gets to jump on a plane and travel to somewhere nice and warm and uh, go over the latest and greatest. And uh, we would have a panel interview those agencies applying to be accredited. So now everything's virtual. Mm. Everything is virtual. And it's been kind of a learning curve for, uh, for departments because you find that you can do so much virtually, literally. So uh 
lot of the stuff now is virtual. Of course, we've always had the off-site assessment mm-hmm. uh, where an off-site team took a look at your records and stuff like that. I don't know how they're doing the quote-unquote required on-site now. Um, I think with social distancing and face masks and so forth, um, I think that can be accommodated. But uh, the process itself changed. And, you know, now the conferences are virtual, mm-hmm. uh, which is something new. So uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how that goes. From a uh, department operational perspective, there's really nothing Malia-related that applies to COVID. Um, as an example, we don't have a PPE uh, standard with Kalia. Um, now you could put that in your general order and, and run that with your department, but it's not a Kalia requirement. The, uh, the only change that we've had recently with Kalia is the use of force as it applies to uh, choke holds, neck restraints, mm-hmm. that sort of thing after the George Floyd incident. But as far as COVID goes, the, uh, the assessments have changed a little bit. You might not have as much on-site as we had before. Um, but with Kalia, you have a, a database. It's called Power DMS, and it's really, really awesome. Sure. So all of your information goes in there, and anybody that you give access to can go in and look at your files. So that's pretty okay. I mean, even when we had prior to COVID, we would open up our, our program to other agencies. So that's really nothing new. But the on-site stuff might be, might be suffering a little bit. The interviews, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's curious that there's no N95 requirements in, in the new no checklist not for Kalia. not for Kalia. okay and then i mean 2020 was just uh you know it was a disaster for right. everybody and and you just mentioned you know the the changes in use of force and uh now we have some agencies that have banned um some types of force the anything right. with a neck or head restraint uh we've seen nypd you know, come out with legislation that would make it a crime, at least a misdemeanor to, for an officer to lay any part of their body on top of a, a suspect, uh, whether or not they're injured. So you're making all those adjustments, I imagine? Yeah, so the, uh, the, vascu- the vascular neck restraint, we have prohibited the chokehold. We have prohibited unless it's a, uh, if you were justified in using deadly, we've all been in those scrappers, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're justified in using deadly force because that's what they've considered the chokehold of the vascular neck restraint, um, then you might you might have a little bit more protection there. But if you're holding a shoplifter down until your partner arrives and you've got him in a chokehold, that's not going to end well for you. Yeah. So we did respond to that. The uh, the other one is the duty to intervene. Uh, we implemented that right away, and um, you know you see you see an officer out there on the street uh, taking it a little too far. And you, you have a duty to intervene. You know, and we've always had a duty to intervene. Mm-hmm. And now Kalia has come out and made that a part of the program. So, and that's a big plus. And that's really a big plus. Mm-hmm. And then we, we've seen some agencies under uh, federal moderators, under consent right. decrees, um, DOJ, COPS office. Um, you, you acknowledge those as well, I'm sure. Right. Well, so we border the city of Ferguson. And the city of Ferguson is under a DOJ consent decree after the incident back in 2014. And uh, they're going through the accreditation process as we speak. Mm. So um, you've got a lot of stuff to, you've, you've got a lot of, a lot of cooks in the kitchen holding onto the reins and that that's fine, you know, but at the end of the day, Kalia is really just a cookbook for what we do. 
uh, not too extreme. Um, just the basics. And I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of agencies already do most of what CALEA requires. You know, this, with the CALEA, it's, uh, it's a black and white, and they just, it's kind of like an eye opening experience. So it's nice to have. Yeah, so I, I went through all your materials online at Kalia.org, and I see that you have accreditation for several agencies across all 50 states and some areas of Mexico, um, but only a fraction of police academies and campus um, police departments. And you and I talked uh, offline about it a little bit. Can you explain why we don't see a lot of academies or a lot of um uh, police agencies on campuses? Well, I, uh, so we'll address the academies first. So there are in this country, a lot of private academies or maybe an academy associated with a college or a university or just a private academy. Some of them are government funded, some not. Um, you know, that's one thing. They're a learning institution. That's really all they are. The, uh, there are also cities as an example, the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department has their very own academy. Mm. The city is accredited. The city of St. Louis, they are a CALEA accredited agency, so therefore anything under their umbrella is also accredited. So you could say, yes, the St. Louis City Academy is accredited. Okay. The Missouri State Highway Patrol has their own academy. The Missouri State Highway Patrol is accredited, therefore their academy is, St. Louis County is the same way. So with the police academy, if the agency has their own academy and they're accredited, there's a whole other ball of wax that, has, that applies, and CALEA has standards for that. As far as campus police, you know, so CALEA has a special chapter just for campus police. It's a really nice chapter on standards for campus police. And uh, my assumption on the lack of amount of uh, participation by campus police is maybe they perceive that they're not doing not doing as much as you would for the regular police department, maybe you don't have, you're not making traffic stops, you might not be doing investigations. Um, you know, some of these campuses are pretty quiet, they might want to keep them that way. So they might just think that it might not apply and be a good fit for them. And I get it. I get it. So, you know, we'd like to see more campus police involved. They're certainly looking to participate. Sure. Yeah, and they'll only be held to the standards that they, they're under anyway. Right, exactly. I mean, they might, they're probably not going to have pursuits. Um, you know, it, so it's, it's a different world for campus police. We get it, but it's still, I, I would definitely look into it. Awesome. Well, as I mentioned, more can be found on the website, Kalia, C-A-L-E-A dot org. And um, we've been talking with Major Steve Runge, who's uh, Assistant Chief at Police of Berkeley Police Department in Berkeley, Missouri. And um, thanks for sharing uh, about Kalia. I'm sure uh, somebody will be inquiring and, and asking more. So how can people get a hold of you or where can they find out more information? Well, I would be, uh, I would go to Kalia.org. So the, uh, the Kalia organization is, they've got the United States and the areas broken up into regions. They have regional program managers that will reach out. As an example, we've got a fellow here in the state of Missouri named Tim Basinger. He's a retired state trooper and the nicest guy on the planet. And he is a walking Kalia guide for me. Uh, he will get you squared away. But so he's got the Midwest. You know, he does a lot of the, a lot of the uh, cities here in the Midwest. So um, another good thing is, is reach out to an agency by you that's accredited. 
who's your program manager? Mm -hmm. um, and go and just go take a look at them and, and how they've got it set up. And I guarantee you, you're already doing, you know, Kalia just puts it in black and white and then they hold you to it. And I, I think that provides a lot of security and a lot of safety. Yep. Yeah, and it puts the professionalism stamp on you yeah. and, and your electeds can take a look at it and they can know that you're in compliance with industry. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for speaking with us. I appreciate you taking the time and I wish you well. Stay well, be safe. And uh, thanks for checking in today. My pleasure. Happy holidays and you be safe as well. Thank you. And to our listeners, thanks again for listening. Is your agency running efficient, efficiently? <laughs> Are you running efficiently? Are you accredited by Kalia? If so, tell us your experience uh, and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Write us at policingmatters at policeone.com. That's policingmatters at policeone.com. Be well, stay safe. Thanks for your service. I'm Jim Dudley. 